Every day, a small group of people are making quantum leaps forward, building wealth faster than most dream possible, almost like they have the Midas touch. On Breakaway Wealth, we'll unlock the secrets to breaking out of the herd, thinking big and building wealth on our own terms. And now let's join our host, the creator of Create Tailwind, and your abundance advocate, Jim Oliver. Welcome back, Breakaway Wealth. This is your host, Jim Oliver. And today I've got a very special guest, Juan Pablo. Welcome, Juan. Hey, what's going on, Jim? Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for coming on the show. And you know, Juan, I really am excited to talk about the things that you do and your story, but tell everybody just a little bit about you, where you're at, um, you know, what kind, of, what kind of what you're doing. We'll get to your, your background and everything else in a minute, but just tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Cool, cool. Juan Pablo. So I'm a full-time real estate investor. I have about 72 rental units in my portfolio and an online business person teaching people how to follow that, that path to financial freedom. That's awesome. And that's what this show is all about, Juan, is breaking out of the rat race, getting, um, you know, just getting out of the herd and breaking away financially. And it's really, you know, what we were taught, and you're, you're a lot younger guy than I am, but what, what we were taught is go to school, get a job, save money in Wall Street, and then hope that you don't run out of that money when you get old, right? And yes. that doesn't work. But um, tell everybody a little bit about your background. Getting out of school, you went to work for the government, right? Yes, yes. So I uh, graduated from the University of Georgia, you know, Georgia Bulldogs. Go dogs, and I uh, had a decent GPA. I had a, a major in economics and business, and a minor in statistics. And uh, after graduating, unfortunately, I couldn't get a job directly after graduating, simply because of my credit. Mm. I truly wanted to get into the financial services industry, be a financial planner of some sort. I would kill it on the interviews, Jim, but I just couldn't just get the job because they shared with me very. Uh, they were very direct with their feedback that, hey, we would love to have you, but it's a conflict of interest. You know, if you can't even manage your personal finances, which is predicated by your credit score, we can't have you advise our clients on their finances. Mm. Yeah. So it was very, it was very tough for me uh, trying to get a job. So it took me about six months, but while at home with my mom, you know, hum- humbled now, right. Uh, at home with my mom, you know, telling me to take out the trash and cut the grass and all that good stuff, you know, so I'm back in her house. She happened to gift me a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Wow. Great book. Yes. And she said, hey, I'm not sure why I picked this up, but I think it may interest you. This is like pretty much the first book I actually read out of college. You know, in college, I only looked at test books. I never actually read a book myself. So I actually read the book from cover to cover in about two days. And once I put the book down, Jim, I firmly decided, hey, I want to be a full-time real estate investor. I don't know how. I don't know when. I don't have a model. My credit is 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 ugly. I, I don't know what to do, but that's who I'm going to be. And uh, so six months has, has passed, and I got a job with the government in New York City. And while working there, it, it was a it was a good thing. I have to admit, they did teach me about. I was a manager, so they did teach me a lot about manage, management, as well as processes and so forth, training, which actually took that skill set and, and brought to my business. By the way, but the downside was there's a lot of red tape and bureaucracy policies, procedures, and so forth. But me being me, you know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, they're, they're creatives, right? They, they, they love to uh, take risks 
they love to think outside the box and make stuff happen. So uh, while working there, I was uh, pretty much ambitious and creative to the point where I wanted better results. So I sent out a, I was a supervisor for the Census Bureau. So I was like one of those annoying guys who send people to your door. Yeah. To say, how many people live here? How much money do you make? You know, a lot of invasive questions. Yeah. And uh, so I decided, hey, let's do a contest just for bragging rights, right? Whoever does the most work in a week, I'll treat you out to lunch, Applebee's, two for 20, right? I give you a certificate of appreciation and a, a free umbrella that's in their janitorial closet that's just collecting dust. Yeah. So I sent out a mass email to, to my team and our results, Jim, were through the roof, right? Uh, they, they were extremely hot as a result, just a friendly competition. So uh, after that week has, has passed I, for that contest, my supervisor called me to her office and she said, hey, Juan, what do you think you're doing? And, I, you know, I'm a little cocky. I'm like, <laughs> getting results. Isn't that what it looks like? Yeah. And she's like, this is no laughing matter. Don't you know who you work for? You work for the government. There's policies. There's, there's paperwork. There's bureaucracy. You cannot incentivize your staff with monetary value. And that threw wow. me off because she takes us out for drinks pretty much every Friday for, for a week well done. A job right. well done during a week. And I challenged her on that. And she said, well, yeah, well, at least I'm not sending out a mass email advertisement. She said, as a result of this contest, Juan, I have to write you up. This is going <laughs> in your file. And this is the best advice I've ever received. She said, you know what, Juan? Maybe the government isn't for you. Perhaps you should try something out in, in the private sector. Yeah. So I walked out. I felt a little discouraged. A little upset because I thought I should have been congratulated. Instead, I was, I was reprimanded, got it written up, and I immediately typed up my resignation letter. But I didn't, I didn't of course, I didn't turn it in. I'm not stupid, right? But I, I post-dated it into the future. Yeah. If I'm not sure if you can see it. It's actually right there. Awesome. So, I love that. Yeah, so I post-dated it about four years from that date. And I said, you know what? I'm going to give myself four years to figure this real estate thing out. Because prior to this, this situation that happened, I always treated real estate investing as a hobby. Mm -hmm. I'll read a book here and there. I'll listen to a podcast. I'll attend a seminar. But it, it, I didn't take it as serious to the point where my schedule was uh, detailed with real estate-related activity. And I decided, you know what? I'm going to turn this exact two weeks notice, or, or sorry, this resignation letter in four years, along with the two weeks notice, plus I'm going to treat real estate investing as if it was a part-time job where I clock in and clock out on dedicated hours for myself. And that's what I did for the next four years to the point where I had enough uh, rental properties in my portfolio. I no longer needed a paycheck. That's awesome. Yeah. Then you, uh, you got out of the rat race. Uh, since you're a Kiyosaki uh, guy, have, uh, I assume you play cash flow, the game cash Online flow. Online and offline. There yes. you go. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I uh, tell people about that all the time. You know, when you think of a, the, the simpler version or, you know, the, the, the game version is what I would say, you know, Monopoly, which is what people play. I always tell people that um, there's only one rule in Monopoly that matters, right? That Kiyosaki says, and it's, it's uh, four houses equal a hotel. And that most people play Monopoly for fun. And they think that whoever has all of the money on the side of the board is the one winning. But that's not the one who's winning, right? It's whoever has the most 
real estate and assets because if I get hotels on all my property, I'm going to bankrupt all the other players, take their properties, and I win. But, but people don't play Monopoly to win, and people don't play with their money to win. What they do is they go get a job, and they put money in a 401k, and they think that, hey, it's a government program, so I'm protected. I mean, the government has never had a program, one that's ever worked. Department of Education, really? I mean, the post office, enough said right now, right? Social Security. Social Security, nothing. And if you think that the government's going to take care of you, you're wrong. And so we have to, we have to break away from that. And there are people out there playing the game of money, and they're playing so well, you don't even realize that they're playing. Guys like you and guys like me that are helping other people, too, to break away. Because once you can do it, then you might as well show other people how to do it because then it's the law of reciprocity. I bring you a deal, then you say, hey, I got this other deal, you know, and it just, it, it explodes. But, you know, you had the, where did the, where did that confidence come from? I mean, was it from the book? Was it from your mom? Sounds like she was a special woman who gave you a great book. You know, I mean, where did that confidence come for you to break away? I mean, a government job, a lot of times people are there for their entire career. I mean, that, that, I, I mean, I get the, that your supervisor did you a huge favor by, by telling you he didn't do a good job when you got great results, but was there somewhere else where that entrepreneurial spirit kind of started? Well, yes, I'll say maybe about three things. Uh, one, starting from early childhood to, to piggyback off the, the Monopoly talk, uh, I was a big fan of Monopoly. You know, yeah. I've always played, especially Thanksgiving, when all of my cousins gathered together, we will always play Monopoly. My goal was to try to master this game. And a few lessons that I learned as a kid was that winning the game of Monopoly is a repeatable process. Yeah. Right? And it's the same thing with business. Once you find your business model, I call it like the three M's you should focus on. The money, the market, and the model. Money, where you can get uh, your capital from and make sure it's automated. Uh, the market, what particular market do you want to invest in and why? And, and what, how many different lead sources do you have? Deal finders, real estate agents, wholesalers are feeding you deals. And third is the model. What is your business model? And stick to it. Don't try five different business models. Let's stick to one. If it's single families, rentals, uh, let's say less than $100,000, 1,300 square foot on the south side, then stick to that model. In my case, it was five units and up, $30,000 per unit. Uh, 10% cap rate, uh, 10% cash and cash return. I stuck yeah. to that model. And the other lesson I learned from Monopoly was that when you, you remember that fear you had when you're in that, that corner of, some, of one of your opponent's uh, boards where they own a bunch of red hotels? Yeah. And it's like you just hope that you don't land on that hotel. Right. It's the same thing. It's teaching you frugality, right? Yeah. Where... Until you reach the point of financial freedom, you should be very frugal with your expenses. Don't go out living or staying at lavish hotels or Airbnbs or splurging your money on clothes, vacations, and all this other stuff if you haven't reached the financial pinnacles you aim to reach. In fact, you should be conserving your capital and using that capital to acquire income-producing assets. So I caught on to this as a, as a early, at an early age. Yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to get into this. So that was the first thing, which is the game of Monopoly taught, taught me a lot about the game of real estate and business. It's yeah. a repeatable process. 
the second situation was with a supervisor situation where I had a chip on my shoulder. And I realized that, hey, uh, I, I shouldn't have to stifle myself. If I want to be creative and if I want to get better results, in fact, I should be rewarded for this. Same thing in business. If you're listening to this and you're not in business, you're not real estate, you should be rewarded for your value, right? Mm -hmm. There should be no ceiling, no cap on it. And if someone is putting a cap or limiting your value or your creativity, then why are you there? Just be there for a short time. But give yourself a firm date, type up your resignation letter, post-date it, and just make sure you reverse engineer how to get there. Yeah. Right. I and like that. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I like that. I like the uh, post dating your resignation. Uh, that's uh, that's unique and that's cool. And uh, that's something having that vision and a deadline makes it a goal, right? Especially if it's repeated, meaning I hung it on my cubicle. So every day I'm looking at it. Yeah. And of course, you know, you have motivation because something might, might piss you off while you're there. You're like, Ugh. This is my goal. It's, it's like big companies, Jim. Um, big companies, big corporations, they do this all the time. In Times Square, you see these huge billboards, Super Bowl ads. They go for millions of dollars for 30 seconds. Why? Because they understand that if they can put an image in front of your eyeballs on a repeated basis, on a consistent basis, more than likely, you will take corresponding action towards obtaining it. So we have to do the same thing, Jim, with with our own vision boards, right? We have to put this image before our eyes and see it constantly to the point you have that hunger, that appetite, that desire to take action so that it overcomes your fear or laziness that you might have. And I think that's the reason why most people don't obtain these big audacious goals because of fear and laziness. But that's the point of of somewhat uh, brainwashing yourself to believe in, hey, I had to do this in this in this in four years. I, yeah. I don't know how. I might not have the credit now and the money or the know-how, but in four years, I'm going to have all the resources I need for this to become a reality. Yeah, you know, I used to do that with uh, young guys that that worked for me. Um, I would take them to. I'd say, where where do you want to live? You know, where do you want to? And this was in Denver, and Denver was booming at the time, so there was all these new neighborhoods, all of these brand new houses going up. And we'd walk in and, and literally, if, I, if a guy would write a check for the earnest money on a build, and sometimes the build was going to happen like in a year and a half later, but you know, if they would write a check, that person was always going to be successful. Because if they, and, and sometimes the earnest money was as little as five or you know, seven grand on, you know, on a new build. And um, they, if they would write the check one, they always bought the house. Not one person didn't do it, didn't like actually convert and, and actually purchase and close on the house. The people that were afraid to write the check or afraid to even walk into the house and dream, they, 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 didn't, they never made it in our business. Wow, that's, that's powerful. That's a good exercise. I think, yeah, because yeah, I think sometimes some people call it a good faith deposit. Right. <laughs> so I guess... It does require a good amount of faith in order to do that. Yeah. You know, or you walk into the Mercedes dealer, the BMW dealer, or whatever kind of car is your dream car and get an idea, like how much is it? Right. And then like Robert Kiyosaki did when he wanted to, I can't remember if it was a Corvette or a Porsche is Kim made him go buy an asset that was going to pay for it. 
Right. You know, I mean, you could have a, and he talks about having a, a yacht that they use like one month out of the year and the other 11 months it's, it's uh, rented out and it pays for itself. So you can have anything you want as long as you have a cash flowing asset, pay for it instead of you trying to go to work and pay for it. That's, that's funny, Jim. That's the exact approach I took. First, I, my first goal was focus on getting enough rental units or enough assets, income producing assets, in which it exceeds your living expenses. Yeah. Then my next goal was, okay, acquire additional income producing assets to improve your, your quality of life, such as, you know what, I'm doing my own property management or my own bookkeeping. No, I'm going to buy a six unit to afford a bookkeeper. Yeah. Or I'm going to buy a, a eight unit to afford someone else to do this other task that I want to do. And then, oh, you know what, this car that I want or this property that I want for, for personal reasons, I'll acquire 11 units to afford that. Right. You know, yep. so, you, you know, you talked about um, your motivation, the vision, and I think that's really helpful for the audience, Juan. What I want you to explain is what would the first step be if you were helping somebody? I mean, and by the way, if that's go to your website, then that's what they should do. So what would you do if it was right now today, you were listening to this podcast and you said, and, and somebody in the audience, because I promise you there's somebody in the audience that is saying, man, I want to get into real estate. I just don't know where to start. Great question. Um, so I'll, I'll use an analogy. Uh, like taking a road trip, right? Many of us took road trips. And let's say if I was taking a road trip from Atlanta to, to New York City, first thing I would do, let's say I had one of those old school GPSs, you know, those ones you had, those navigation systems you actually had installed in your car. Yeah. Not, not your phone, but the, you know, the old school ones. The first thing I would do is I would key in my, my end destination. You know, New York City, but I'll get more specific. Not just New York City, but I want to go to 13th Street and, and Broadway, if that's an address or what have you. I will, I will put the exact address in there. Yeah. Then the GPS will ask me, okay, so where are you starting at? Now, I just wouldn't put Atlanta, Georgia. I will put exactly where I'm at, my, yeah. my starting point. And then the GPS will then help guide you along that path. And occasionally along that path, there may be detours, there may be traffic. You might need someone to ride along with you because it may be a long ride. You need someone else to share the workload in regard to driving, right? You might say, well, I might be able to afford to take my own car or I might be able to afford to, a rental. Mm-hmm. So you have to focus on all those things, your mode of transportation and so forth. So, so uh, that's analogous to getting started. First thing is you got to write the vision, make a plan. As uh, Dr. Stephen Covey says in Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, you have to determine the end from the beginning. Jot down with specificity, not just, I want to go to New York. No, what's the exact address? Oh, I want to be wealthy. No, what what does that picture look like to you with specificity? Like, if you ask the average person on the street, what do they want out of life? They'll give you some vague, general answer. I want to be happy. I want to be healthy. I want to be rich. None of that stuff is quantifiable. Yeah. Right. If you say I want to be financially free, how what quantify that? What does that mean? Yeah. Right. So I, I would, with specificity, jot down how much cash flow I need. Right. What kind of life? How many hours do I want to work per week? What will be the profession or the vehicle that gets me there? Will it be real estate investing? Will it be online business? 
the end, end goal, jot it down with specificity and hang it up somewhere you see it always. Then you want to go to your starting point, meaning where are you at financially in t- today's day and time, present day? Have you completed a personal financial statement? If not, you should, right? What is your credit score? As I shared, that was a hindrance for me starting out, just getting a job, let alone buying a property. So obviously I realized that was an impediment towards my end goal and I had to get that fixed. That's just like taking that journey and you get a flat tire. Well, you might have to pull open for a minute and get it fixed. So that's what I had to do with my credit. Fill out a personal financial statement, an income statement, and a balance sheet to see where you currently stand. How much income do you have coming in is an income statement, and how much money do you have going out? Right? What is your credit score? What is your debt-to-income ratio, your debt-to-credit ratio? And many people who say, oh, I want to be financially free, I want to be a real estate investor, have no clue about their personal numbers. So likewise, right, how can you manage the numbers of a business, which is real estate, if you can't even do that with your own personal finances? You got to sweep your own front porch before you sweep someone else's. So get your own personal finance house in order, your end goal and your starting point. Then the next thing, the GPS will be your guide to calculate a route. So the GPS is, is analogous to obtaining a mentor, mm-hmm. whether that's a person, just depending on how you like to learn. Some people learn kinetically, some people learn audibly or through visual. Some people are visual learners. Depending on your learning style, you should know your learning style, like Shakespeare said, to thy own self be true, right? You should know yourself. How do you learn content quickly and effectively? So depending on your learning style, find a resource that will help calculate the route to get you there. So that mentor may be with you if you prefer, you know, if you learn kinetically working with someone to help guide you along that path. And of course, just be mindful that when you embark on any road trip, and this is the roads of financial freedom, so to speak, with any road trip, there's going to be obstacles. There's going to be delays. There's going to be detours. There's going to be roadblocks. There's, there's going to be traffic. You're going you to get lost. You might run out of the gas. Yeah. Sorry? You're going to get lost. You're going to get lost, right? right. Sometimes you might have a bad connection. Yep. And, you, and your GPS goes out. You have no service. It happens. Yeah. Right? So, and sometimes, unfortunately, you might have to kick the person out in the car. Right. <laughs> right? That's right. <laughs> you might have to get a, a new uh, person to hit your ride with. You might have to switch vehicles. Yeah. So it's just understanding that once you go in, because what some people do, Jim, when they embark on this journey towards financial freedom, the first sign of a, of a constraint, an impediment, an obstacle, they revert back to the starting point. They turn around and go back home. Yeah. You know what I used to tell people is I, is when people ask me, um, about my businesses and real estate that I own and they want to know if they can do it and how they can do it. I say, the one thing that I can't tell you is what are you going to do when you get hit in the face? Are you <laughs> going to be on your couch in the fetal position or are you going to get up and fight back? Right. Now, if you can tell me which one you're going to do every single time, then I can tell you whether you can do this or not. But you know, if you if you get hit in the face and you go lay in the fetal position on your couch, you're you're going to you're going to be discouraged. You should go get a job and just uh work your way up the ladder. But you know, you cannot fail if you don't quit, right? 
So, and, and we, we always have setbacks and we always get hit in the face. I mean, it happens all the time. Um, I love the GPS thing because, you know, um, what, what I, what, wait, is really hard to get people to do one is figure out what they want. And then, like you said, get specific. And I love what you said, because it's exactly what we tell people is get to where your assets cover your standard of living, your bills, and then get it to where it covers your ideal standard of living. But if you're going to be in your ideal standard of living, then you got to figure out what you want. And, you know, I'm in Southwest Florida and I know in Atlanta, there's some multi multi-million dollar homes. And there's an area here in Naples that the houses are $50 million up to maybe like $120 million. By the way, those people live in them about one to six weeks a, a, a year. I mean, they're, that's their second oh. home, right? Oh, nice. Um, but that's not my goal. My goal isn't to live in a $100 million house. Thank goodness, because I'd be, I'd be working even harder than I do. But uh, my, that's, that's not my goal. But I have to be specific. Where would I want to live? Do I want to live on the golf, on the beach? Do I want to live on a golf course? Do I want to live... You know, where do I want to live downtown or where, you know, things are more happening? You know, where do I want to live? And you got to get, like you said, get very specific and you got to visualize yourself having that. And what I, I like to equate it to, because you, you know, you, I love what you said about doing your personal uh, financial statement. Um, the other thing that I tell people, Juan, is to get your, and you mentioned this earlier, bookkeeper, is do a personal P&L every month. And, and, you know, for a couple hundred bucks uh, a month, you could hire somebody to do it, or you could do it in QuickBooks. You can download everything automatically and you could have your own P and L profit and loss statement personally every month. Are you winning or did you lose last month? Right. But I equate that to getting on the scale, right? Before you start to try to lose weight, you got to do one thing. You got to get on the scale and see where you're at. Yeah. And you don't look like a guy that's ever had to lose weight, but, uh, but <laughs> I'm not judging that you'd never had to, but, but it's, you know, if you need to lose weight, you got to get on the scale, but you also got to figure out if it's just like, Hey, I need to lose a few pounds. Good luck with that. It's never going to happen. But if you say I am 230 pounds and I want to be 205 pounds and I want to and, and have a plan kind of like what you were talking about oh, and any good plan you need. You need a coach, yeah. right? Yeah. So you wouldn't get a guy that was just born with abs and <laughs> say, hey, how do you help me lose? Can you help me lose some weight? So what I love about what you're doing is you're coaching people. Talk about your website and some of the different programs that you have to coach people to follow, to find their path. But it's kind of like Tony Robbins said, find somebody who has what you want, do what they did and try to improve it, right? So Talk a little bit about what, what you offer, Juan. Sure, sure. In short, we pretty much help real estate investors, mainly newbie investors, find the money and find the deal. Yeah. So that way they can be financially free. And that's pretty much what you need to be financially free is finding the money first. Meaning most people try to find the deal and then they try to, I guess sometimes they may run, run around like a chicken with his head cut off to, to find the money. But if you don't happen to find all the money, you could lose credibility. So we always recommend, hey, find the money first. Find the deal that fits your pockets. Mm -hmm. That's why it's important to, to, to complete a personal financial statement because 
a mortgage broker is going to ask for it. Mm-hmm. They want to see your financials, right? And also you want to make sure in regards to the money that is repeatable. And when you start thinking that way, well, how can I make sure that I, I make this a repeatable process? How can I automate planning capital so I can make sure every month, every three months, every six months, I have enough money to go towards another property, right? So that way I can safely say, I can quit my job in X amount of time because I have a, a system. So we call that the cash flow cycle. There's four phases, find the money, find the deal, perform due diligence and close. And yep. you just repeat that every six months. That's our goal every six months. And so with finding the deal, after you found the money, it's also just understanding what makes a deal a deal. Most people don't understand what makes a deal a deal. They might say, well, I might want to wholesale. I might want to flip. Well, if you want to become financially free or you have passive income exceeding your living expenses, then buy and hold may be the best real estate strategy for you, mm-hmm. which we, we highly recommend, especially if it can be multi-units. Because the same time it takes to, to acquire a 10-unit is about the same time it takes to acquire a one-unit, a single-family property. And so by exercising that cash flow cycle, you'll be able to find a deal in a repeatable process. So that's pretty much what we share is this, uh, hey, how to find the money and how to find the deal so you can be financially free. So I, I, I really like that. And so you guys have some systems that you would help somebody be able to complete those four things like, hey, how do I go out and find money? Or how do I do due diligence? Or if it's a, if it's a good enough deal, do you partner with people that are your students? Uh, we, we do. We offer two uh, products, pretty much two product offerings. Okay. The first product is DIY. You know, as I share with that analogy, some people, you can just give them a map and they can follow the instructions on the map to get to where they need to go. Yep. Right. But some people, even though with the map, they're like, hey, this is still confusing for me. Can you ride along with me? Right. Can you, can you be in my passenger seat or at, even, even better, can you take care of the wheel? So that way, I can observe you do it. I can be in your shadow, take notes, and I feel more comfortable after you do it first. So we offer those two different products. One is a do-it-yourself, and the other one is done for you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you know, Juan, I always love to hear somebody's story. And, um, you know, I went to your website before the interview, and I heard that story. And I'll tell you, that really captivates uh, captivates you because – I'd never worked for the government, but I could imagine, you know, that you're a good storyteller. So I imagined myself sitting there and if I were in that situation, what would I do? And I commend you on having the courage to break away and, and build the life of financial freedom that you have. You know, you mentioned, um, again, one of my favorite books and I read it, uh, a long time ago. Uh, by the way, what I love about rich dad, poor dad, Juan, and yeah, I'm sure you know this being a um, Kiyosaki fan, but th- some people in the audience might not know, but that book was written to be a, um, ha- uh, the instructions on how to play cash flow, the game, right? And it wasn't until he went on Oprah that it just blew up. And, and you know, it's, you know, there's a lot of stories where you go on Oprah and it blows up. I wish Oprah still had her show and she'd bring right. me up. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it's amazing. What are some other books that you'd recommend that everybody in the audience, whether maybe real estate, maybe just 
breaking away uh, mentality wise um, that you'd recommend? Great question. Um, one book I would recommend is not necessarily real estate investing uh, per se, but it's great in regard to the mindset. Uh, I would say Four Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss. Yep. Because he teaches you about uh, lifestyle design and that's the deal, which I think stands for your, your destination, which is like your end goal. Yep. He is elimination, eliminate a whole bunch of crap that you're doing that's not affecting the bottom line. A is automation and then L is liberation. Yeah, and that same deal uh, acronym can be used for real estate investing, and that's that's sure. what I did actually, uh, yeah. using that book as 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 a, a guide to get there. I will also recommend I mentioned earlier Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Independent of your career, if your profession, you're in order to gain some level of success, you have to be highly effective. Yeah, so I think that's a huge uh, starting point. To, to actually obtain those, those seven habits of how you could be highly effective. And, and I touched on one of them, determining it from the beginning, right? And also having a win-win. So we, we were talking earlier, and you were talking about how a deal that you're doing, Jim. And it's like when you're doing business, you don't want to have the mindset of a lose-win, that, oh, I have to suffer for someone else to win, or a win-lose, where I know I have to get all the glory, all the gold, while the other person suffers and loses. No, it's a win-win. Right. You're always, it's an abundance, abundance mentality. Right, that we all win. It's this, there's not a finite number of resources. We live in a world of abundance. So, yeah. so, the, so the majority of books that I recommend are books that are not real estate specific per se, but relates to being practical. That's the uh, four hour work week, but also having the right mindset. Yeah, mindset is so, you know, it's interesting. Um, We've had, uh, we've played the strangest secret. I don't know if you've ever uh, watched that one on. Uh, Is that on really my deal? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And we've played it just as a podcast in the past, I think twice. And every time we do, people love it. And, you know, it's out there on YouTube. You can hear it, but it's, you know, that it's whatever you plant grows. And you, and you yeah. said mindset and that's so, uh, you know, it's so important, but to me, the seventh habit, sharpen the saw. Yeah. You know, somebody, I was like you when I, when I got out of school, um, you know, I, I don't think I ever read a book for fun. And, you know, I only read books I had to read and I probably didn't complete most of them. But um, this friend of mine who was very successful or, you know, he became a friend. Um, he said, read an hour a day. If you read an hour a day, you'll learn, you'll, you'll, you know, you'll go, you'll blow past your competition. And it, you know, I, I've heard Bill Gates say that somebody gave him that advice when he was young. And uh, I'm telling you, sharpen the saw, always be getting a little bit better. What Tony Robbins calls, can I constant never ending improvement? It's just, or it's really a Japanese philosophy at Kaizen, but it's, it's, uh, it's what made the Japanese car makers uh, create cars that, that blew uh, the, the big four out of the water back in the seventies is these cars were better quality. They just tried to make the quality better and better and better and better. Yeah, that's a lean methodology. And um, what's his name? John, John Duran. uh, Yeah. 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 And who else? I got one of his books out of crisis. Uh, Was it Deming? Deming. You have it right here. Yeah. Out of crisis. It's crazy crazy about it because they're actually Americans. And American, Americans didn't accept it. 
They did. To Japan and they accepted these methodologies. Yeah. And incorporated into their business model. Well, Jesus said that uh, you're never a prophet in your own land, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no honor for a That's prophet right. in his hometown. You're so, absolutely- Juan, you have a podcast too that people could listen to to get some more information. I do actually, and it, it's called the People's Mentor. Uh, the re- the reason why I created that podcast is because on my YouTube channel, 100% Finance, people didn't want me to he- didn't want to hear it. They didn't want to hear all the motivation, inspiration, mindset related stuff. They're like, "Yo, you're a real estate guy. Stick to real estate. I'm coming to your YouTube channel to learn real estate, not your philosophies on life and success and stuff like that." Yeah. So I took yeah. that, I took that feedback. I said, you know what? That's, that's true. If you want to learn all the technical knowledge, go to my YouTube channel, 100%finance.com. A bunch of how-to stuff there, right? But if you want to learn more so the mindset, inspiration, motivational things, go to the podcast. That's what that platform is, is for. That's awesome. And, you know, I, I, again, I use an analogy. You can know how to do bench press. You can know how to do curls. You can know how to do all of those things. But you know, you have to have the right mindset because, you know, you, you, you can walk into the gym every day, but there's only a certain amount of people that get the results that they really are trying to get because they have the right mindset and they make the right choices too, right? Hey, should I have that chicken and salad or should I have that steak and potato, you know, or whatever pizza or whatever it is. Those, those things, it's the same way in business is you have to make the right choices. And if the due diligence doesn't look right, or the business P&Ls don't look right. If you're buying a business, then you just don't do it. Don't fall in love with something just because of the idea of it. And, you know, um, Juan, I love the seller finance uh, market. In fact, I'm uh, just this morning looking at a uh, storage uh, uh, facility that I've been wanting. And uh, I, I'm really close to getting the guy to, uh, uh, to do the whole deal. Because you know what I always show people too? If I wrote you a check, what would you do with it? And they say, well, I'd invest it and live off the, live off the interest. Well, if I could show you that financing it would create so much more cash flow for you, if I could show you the numbers and it's just math, it's not my opinion, but just math, would you be open to looking at it? That's my opening remark to everybody because I can show you the math. If I wrote you a check for 10 million bucks, you got to pay taxes on that. Then you go take it to a wall street broker and then you hope they don't lose your money. What can you expect to live on three to 4%? I'll show you that you amortize that for me over 20 years. Let me pay you interest on a, on hundred percent seller finance. Your cash flow is going to more than double. And well, yeah. So, um, I, I love working those deals. I'm going to look at your information. I'm going to listen to your podcast. I thank you so much for being on any famous last words, Juan. The mindset trumps the skill set. You can have the skill set of how to invest and so forth, but if you don't have the right mindset, meaning using your gym analogy, you can walk into a gym and you see all these ladies and guys in there looking trim, cut buff and everything under, 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 being extremely fit yeah and you feel inferior doesn't you're not going to go back right right so you're just having the right mindset that hey i might not be there but i'm getting there yeah or they might ridicule you right yeah they might might talk bad about you 
And are you going to take down on your chin and get back up? Or you going to, like you said, go in the fetal position or yeah. you're going to be fearful. Well, I know all, you know, the career students, right. Who, um, analysis paralysis, they study, they learn, they know everything under the sun about how to invest. Yeah. They still don't have a deal. Right. So it's having the right mindset. So the mindset, get that first. I love it. I love it. That's exactly right. That's the way you break away audience. And, and, uh, thank you again, Juan, uh, so much for spending some time with us today and, uh, audience until next time, you got to figure out how you're going to break away and just do it. Want to become your own banker and build wealth on your own terms? We'd love to help. Go to createtailwind.com to learn more and schedule a complimentary consultation.